Welcome to Evolve, reinventing leadership, building freedom cultures, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to providing leaders with solutions to build trust, inspire authentic transformation, and improve engagement. Learn about new and tested ways you can revitalize your culture, empower people, and transform your results. Hello, this is Yvette Bethel, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to Evolve. Everything in an organization is interconnected. This connection supports productivity and multiple types of flow that have a personality and tempo of their own. In dynamic workplaces, connection and flow are enhanced by the process of balance, which is an important prerequisite for organizational sustainability and adaptation. Evolve explores cultural transformation using interconnectivity, flow, and balance. IFB is a method grounded in trust, integrity, and emotional mastery. It's a roadmap to both self-transformation and cultural change. It explores ideas that translate into practical action that can be applied to both simple and complex organizational challenges. We're here today to explore the topic, the power in the pool, with our thought leader, Joel Mitchell. Joel's Midwestern youth was inspired by singing and music, stars, birds, even biofeedback, before these became mainstream. Later, Joel worked for two international banks in New York while completing professional performance studies before moving to Paris in 1990 to begin his world citizen adventure, appearing as a singing actor in opera, concerts, theater, and film. Joel has colleagues and friends in all the European capitals. Traveling to Japan and China, Joel developed educational programs for international business schools, networking with students, alumni, and university faculty. To run parallel with the Tokyo Olympics in 2020, Joel Mitchell is convening the very first international peaceful prosperity games, gathering visionaries, entrepreneurs, artists, leaders, facilitators, and coaches to propose playful processes and games. Hello, Joel, and welcome to Evolve. Thanks, Yvette. It's great <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so, Joel, let's get right into this. All right. I am interested in what got you started on your path to peaceful prosperity. Ah. Mm. Uh. I think this uh, really goes back to my childhood because I was uh, a boy who was not into fighting. Um, I just think that uh, I was uh, somebody who was prone to play in every sense of the, of the word. Yes. Um, making music, playing music, uh, playing games. And um, I think fighting was not my, my way of being. Ah. 
So what did you do back then to make that bridge into peace and prosperity, even then? Well, I don't think I was uh, thinking of it in those kind of, um, in those terms mm -hmm. back then. But um, I just knew that, you know, I was at my best, enjoying myself most when, um, you know, when we weren't in conflict and when, uh, and things went well for, for me in that kind of way. Mm. So, so you proposed a really juicy topic, mm. the power in the pool. Yes. Now, I know our audience is really interested in learning more about this story. So tell us a little bit more about it. Well, um, yes, the power in the pool idea really comes from this wonderful um, video that I shared with you from Martha Beck. Right. Where she calls, uh, I think her video is called The Pyramid in the Pool. And um, she's talking about the, the, the kind of power structures that we live with right now are, are like a pyramid with, with somebody, uh, a director at the top, telling everybody what to do underneath. And so we all know those kind of uh, pyramidal things. But she suggests that there's another kind of power that comes in the pool, that those pyramids uh, really are standing in a pool and that they can be dissolved right into this whole pool of consciousness where we all participate in. So that's really this idea that um, there's another kind of power than what most of us are used to that really lives in this, in the flow, in this pool of everything that is so for those who don't know a lot about consciousness let's let's talk about this uh, a bit more now in a hierarchical organization you have certain um, kinds of experiences and to dissolve those what does that mean tell us let's let's break this down for our audiences Ah, so wh why don't you give me an example of a hierarchical experience then? Well, in some hierarchies, uh, there, you know, you have a CEO and then your vice presidents and senior management and supervisors and then maybe a, uh, a line of frontline staff. And the majority of the people are typically at the bottom of the hierarchy. Right. Now, within hierarchies, the, you, you typically have uh, controls in place. Hmm. Um, there's bureaucracy. Uh, people are not allowed to experience the fullness of their purpose and because they have to follow policies and procedures and, and they can speak through the hierarchy uh, you know, and, and move information up and down, but of course, distortions can occur. Now, and that's, a, that's one form of how a, a hierarchy can present itself. But from, from that perspective, uh, uh, hierarchies can, can operate as control paradigms. 
Mm-hmm. And within that paradigm, if, if what Martha Beck is talking about, uh, where you have the, the dissolving, what does that mean in reality? Well, one of the ways that I, I um, think of it, uh, one of the experiences that probably people who live in those kind of hierarchies have all experienced is the time where uh, you got a team together and the team worked more um, from a kind of discovery model than from a directive model or a strategic kind of way of being. Mm -hmm. So that we have some kind of, imagine that we have a a new project or a, a situation that we've never been in before in our business. And we get the whole team comes together. Let's say there's eight of us on, the, uh, on this team. And nobody's designated as the leader mm-hmm. or, the, or the worker bees or whatever. But we're just all coming together. We put all of our ideas together. And we let the project really tell us what it needs. We listen for that right. rather than someone leading the way. And you know, I, you say the word listen, and I think um, listening is, is, is a, a skill that a lot of times people think they have it, uh, but they don't really. And, and I think it's key for that li- listening is, is, is actually a doorway to um, this whole connection and, and the dissolution of all the walls so that people can connect. Um, can you share with us the power in listening? Mm. Yeah. Um, my sense is that when we start developing really deep listening skills, uh, and the possibility to listen without judging and without an agenda, we start, um, we start actually accessing other power (laughs) than Mm -hmm. what we're used to. Um, it's uh, it's a way of uh, be- becoming aware of all kinds of input that we haven't used before. Things like intuition or understanding where somebody else is coming from so that we can use that in order to feed the, the outcomes that we all want. Mm-hmm. You talked about us accessing another power. And from, from my observation, a lot of times people feel that power exists outside themselves. And mm. so they, uh, you know, aspire to that, whatever that may be, a new pro- a promotion, um, some form of status, whatever it means to them. Can you share with the audience a little bit about where, what you think power is and where it originates? Mm. So in your example, this power from the outside, like I'm going to get power by being promoted into this new position. What if this uh, power actually came from the inside and that our real power came from 
uh, a sense of, of being powerful and having that come from inside of us. So that sense of being powerful is really about tapping into your authentic, your authentic self. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Mm. Yes. Tell us more. Mm. So actually one of the clues to or keys to what our authentic self is, is uh, the difference between discipline, what I have to do, what I should do, what I'm supposed to do, and something that is inspired. Mm -hmm. So whenever I find myself feeling, oh, this is, this is what I love mm -hmm. to do. This is what really excites me then I know that I'm into my authentic power. And some people call this, you know, their true motivation. Mm -hmm. That true motivation. So how can people access that? Because we've been taught to look for power on the outside of ourselves. Um, but the, the, that power within us comes from authenticity. It comes from purpose. Um, but, but how do we tap into that? Well, I, th I think you've said uh, there's a key in what you just said is that how we have been taught. And a lot of how we've been taught and conditioned is that we need to, to discipline ourselves. We need to work hard. We need to struggle. And even we need to fight for anything that's important. Yeah. And so all of these things I feel are the, um, the way that we've been conditioned. And there's a whole nother way of being, which comes really from what is inspiring to us. Right. And this, uh, when we allow ourselves that, then we, 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 we become much, much more powerful than we are when we're doing in the should, ought to, must world. You know, and, and that should, ought to, must world, uh, Joel, in one of our conversations, we talked about that feeling that, um, that comes about when we achieve what, we, what we've been conditioned to think that we should ought to or must do. But tell us about the difference between that feeling of achievement and the feeling of achievement when you are in your authentic power. Mm. It's, it's uh, interesting to me that this kind of uh, first kind of achievement that you're talking about, that I, I discipline myself, I I arrived, you know, through this kind of strength, I would say, of the, uh, to do something. Very often the rewards are material things, a position in society, these sort of trappings of success. And very often there's not so much uh, personal satisfaction involved. Mm -hmm. 
On the other hand, when it's, uh, when it's motivated through this inspiration and this um, a sense of this really excites me, this is what I'm lit up while I'm doing this, then we have, it's possible that we get the, you know, the, the powerful position or we get, we arrive at those kind of successes, but we're filled with this personal satisfaction. And you know, I, I do this exercise with people um, that I call lights on and, and you caused me to just think of it. Mm. And we do the exercise to help them to get in contact with their um, purpose. And it overrides your thinking. So it, 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 really, it really goes to the heart of, of who you are. And so I'll ask them, what do you love to do? Yes. And they will start talking. Now, if they're thinking about it, it becomes a logical, you know, I like this, 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 some kind of a list. You see them accessing their left brain, you know, eyes looking up into whatever side is supposed to be. And, um, you know, you can see that they're just giving me the, the answer that they've been conditioned to give. And then you have uh, people who are lit and connected. When they start to talk about it, they literally start smiling. They literally, their eyes open. There's this sense of curiosity, wonder, excitement, inspiration, authenticity. All of that comes through and they can't stop it. Yes. <laughs> it's liveliness that's coming through too. Pardon me? It, it's liveliness that's coming through too. Yes. Yeah. And, and it is unstoppable. And, and that's the power. Yes, that is the power. Is that unstoppability. But you can't access that if you're grasping outside yourself for something that isn't even real. That power moves, it shifts, it's illusory, it's fragile. Yes. So this is fun. Uh, Yvette, I'm um, being inspired. I want to play the lights off game with you. <laughs> okay. So that, so that we find the ways that people uh, turn, really are, turn their own lights off or are asked to turn their And that's this, the difference that really that we want to be able to highlight here. Because of course, we would love for everybody to be lit up and on fire and really be living from that place. But often in our um, working situations, we're playing the lights off game. <laughs> don't you think uh absolutely uh it, exactly and we try to turn our lights on we we think that turning our lights on means um looking for the answer of, on the outside yes and that will never happen mm. because every time people achieve a level of a, of success they want more because that didn't do it for them yes so it's really, um, my sense is that 
in order for our organizations to really be lit up, mm -hmm. we need to find ways to uh, get all of everyone who's involved, every worker on every level of the organization to be lit up themselves. So how do we encourage that in our organizations, in our hierarchical organizations? Well, you took the question right out of my... <laughs> I'm going to ask you that. <laughs> I was like, okay, Joe, how are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah, well, so I think your lights on game, it sounds like a great place to start. Yes. And um, if we can encourage everybody to do that together, here's another thing that I would uh, suggest that we do mm -hmm. is that we very often sit around the table without our roles on and we play games like the lights on game uh, without you know not knowing who's a senior management and who's um, you know personal assistant or whatever but we let go of the roles and we play those kind of games uh, together mm -hmm. and that be part of how we are being together. And, and I'd like for you, because I use simulations uh, a lot in, in developing leaders, and mm. I know that this is uh, something that you're very deeply involved in. Tell us a little bit more about games and simulations so that our listeners can understand the power of them and how they bring about transformation. Well, one of the things that I love about games is that exactly what I'm talking about. If you're playing a good game, you forget what your role is. Mm -hmm. You forget uh, really everything except for playing the game. And that's, uh, for me, that's a characteristic of this being lit up. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, you know, people talk about being in a flow experience. Games really encourage that. And so uh, that's, uh, that's where I feel like authentic power is very easy to tap into when we're in that kind of a game situation. Mm. So games have a power in and of themselves of bringing out um, your intrinsic power. Exactly. And there's also something else that I think it's very interesting for leadership. Uh, the idea of, you know, I feel like really good leadership is just uh, offering a direction and, and inviting everybody to go together in this direction. Mm -hmm. That's what really good leadership for me means. And if that happens like a game, you know, if somebody says, let's play this game with these rules and everybody's excited about doing that and everybody plays that game and goes in that direction, that for me is the definition of wonderful leadership. Well, I have two questions for, for you from 
uh, based on what you just said. You taught mm -hmm. one thing you said that is a powerful word is inviting. And yes. in many organizations, uh, they they can be directive driven if they're not an innovative uh, organization. Um, yes. Invitation means what? Because sometimes invitations can be uh, offered, but it's still there's some underlying directive under it, you know? <laughs> yeah. well, you were selected or you're invited, but everybody knows that that means <laughs> I have to come. <laughs> so yeah. uh, tell us a little bit more about the energy or the experience of, of an invitation and mm. uh, what that's about. Yes, so um, yeah. I'm hearing this kind of coercive, uh, uh, coercive invitation. You know, you're all invited to <laughs> get up early and come to this meeting. This <laughs> at, uh, all day on a you know on a you know weekend or whatever your day off. Yes. So, what if we turn this around, and rather than what if we think of what is truly inviting? You know, and this may be something enticing. Mm -hmm. And that's again where this playful, you know, if, uh, if I invite you to, uh, you know, to, into a game, it's, it's really going to feel enticing. So if, the, if we know that the process is going to be fun, that feels much more, at least engaging. That feels, that has the feel of an invitation rather than something that's imposed. You know, you have some organizations that have very formal cultures. So yes. How do you invite somebody into playfulness when it's the antithesis of what the, the culture seems to value. Maybe it's by being playful yourself. <laughs> it's always a simple answer. Mm. The ones are the best ones. So really it's about that self-transformation um, before you can truly invite someone to engage because play is engagement yes it involves a, a deep engagement and trust yeah. there's something interesting also about um, the qualities that we have when we're ready to play this if you you know um and it's really the difference maybe between this the cultures inside the organizations that you're talking about when you're fully playing, mm -hmm. there's a kind of relaxed readiness that goes on. It's not tense. It's not, um, uh, there's, uh, you're ready to play and you're also relaxed enough to be able to play. It's kind of like, it reminds me of martial artists who are ready for the action to happen, but not um, defensive against it. Mm -hmm. 
And that kind of way of being really feels like, um, actually, that's the kind of cultures, um, atmospheres that I feel the best work gets done, the best um, decisions get done, best projects happen. So Joel, we've we've talked about a number of things, uh, and and really it all has to do with the power in the pool, um, inspiration, play, um, lights on, and my 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 final question to you is this: you know, you've what's the best advice you can give? It can be the catalyst for transformation and really shifting into a state where organizations are actually experiencing the power in the pool? Well, um, there's one more thing that I would like to bring up here um, when we're talking about this power in the pool. And I feel like this is key for this, this whole subject. My sense really is that that pool that contains the real power is the pool of relationship. Mm -hmm. So this is really all about um, being free to choose our relationship with everything and everyone. So if we have this kind of coercive relationship with ourselves, with our colleagues, with, uh, with our superiors, that's going to create a certain kind of energy. If we have this more playful, curious, open, ready, relaxed, engaged relationship with everyone, then we're going to have this other kind of experience. So my sense is that we understand that our power comes from what kind of relationship we build with ourselves, our colleagues, the rest of the world, situations, opportunities, with all of that, that we can better, um, we work together better, we can, uh, we can uh, build better together, mm -hmm. we can get along better, everything we do can be better when it comes from our choice of how we relate. Yes. Yes. Do you have any additional insights before we close, Joel? Well, again, um, for me in that choosing, uh, there's a whole uh, series of choices that we can make that uh, I, I sense will facilitate this thing. One of them is uh, choosing uh, not so much to struggle and battle, but choose ease. And that ease also comes with this um, lighthearted, curious attitude. And there's a really fundamental um, choice that I also feel is, is uh, possible to make. And that's that we 
often live in these cultures of um, whose side are you on, um, right and wrong, um, uh, this or that, when it is possible for us to come from what I call a real dialogue culture, which means really listening to all the possibilities and rather than uh, being in conflict one side or the uh, in conflict with the other side, we can listen and bring all these perspectives together and see how all the perspectives um, can enhance each other. And this is also a choice that we can make inside our organizations, inside of all of our relationships, that I feel like um, will bring us the most <laughs> peaceful and prosperous way of being together. For the skeptics who may be listening, Joel, um, they may be asking themselves, you know, does all of this really work? And I know that you've experienced and, and you've seen it work in the past. Um, can you share with us uh, as your parting <laughs> comment on how this, this can actually happen? This isn't just theory. Well, um, I, I'll just give you an example of, of a person that I've been working with um, who's... Uh, She's in the midst of selling her business, um, starting a new life. And um, we've been deep in this struggle about um, getting the business sold and the buyers and all the whole thing. And just this past week, this is all lifted. Everything's, uh, the, whole, the struggle is over, let's say that. And she's in this place now of, She's saying, oh, I love this new thing. Ah, I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, at this new thing. This is so exciting. All the things that she's building are so exciting. Yes. And we're talking about she feels like she has a whole bouquet of opportunities now once that she's in this sort of mindset. And that very creative, liberated um, outside the struggle thing is appearing. Ah. It, so it took a mind shift and a heart shift. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, Joel, this has certainly been a quite deep and insightful conversation. I want to thank you for this interview. Your perspectives can certainly help our audience to connect with power in ways that can help them create healthy cultures. And in mm. closing, I'd like to say to our listeners, this has been Yvette Bethel and Joel Mitchell. Thanks for listening to Evolve, reinventing leadership, building freedom cultures. Visit ifbcentral.com to learn more about how you can reinvent your leadership and transform your team, starting with trust.